man, I am just so glad to be back from sabbatical. I told you that last week, but I got to tell you again and uh, just say hey to every, all the campuses and everyone online. And I just want to let you know that I want to uh, encourage you to continue being safe uh, in the area of COVID. Um, isolate if you need to, quarantine if you need to, wear your mask. Um, I've got my mask right here. You know what? I'll see how good you camera guys are. See if you can get a close-up of that mask. Which camera are you going to go to? You on that one? Okay, you not know. I need a big close-up. Someone give me a really good close-up. They got to be able to read this. Come on, one of you guys. There you go. Come on, look at that. Billy Graham. That's, a, that's an anointed mask right there. So uh, I've been wearing that around, and people think that Billy Graham has come back to life, and so it's just been wonderful. So, but um, we are... Um, sanitizing between services. We are practicing social distancing here as a staff and as a church in our services. Um, we actually met with the Tarrant County Health Department this week. They looked at everything we're doing and they said this. They said, you guys are the model for every church in America to do it the way you're doing it. So we're doing everything we can and we're doing it for your safety and the safety of the community so that we don't you know, spread something here and then it goes out. I personally have been tested twice in the last few weeks, negative, uh, but I, we're just doing everything we can to make sure. And I just want to encourage you to do everything you can practically and then also to continue to pray, okay? All right, I also want to let you know about a change with uh, Pastor Jimmy. Uh, Pastor Jimmy Evans was so gracious and stepped in a little over two years ago when I had my health uh, crisis. Uh, he stepped in and then he and I, he stepped in as interim senior pastor and then he and I started talking about him stepping in as senior pastor, still me serving as lead senior pastor, and helping through the recovery, through uh, me being able to get back on my feet. And uh, he stepped in. He's done a great job. He's a visionary leader, lots of vision. Uh, we've known each other 30-plus years, our friendship, very deep. And so this, we got together toward the end of my sabbatical, along with some elders, we talked uh, with me being refreshed and going to spend more time here. Pastor Jimmy said, uh, Pastor Robert, I told you I'm only here as long as you need me. And so Pastor Jimmy has resigned as senior pastor. Nothing's wrong though, uh, but he's gonna be giving more of his time to marriage today. And we love marriage today. Uh, it, you may not know, it's the largest marriage conference in the world, XO. So I wanna encourage you, if you've not attended or if you have, to attend but uh, we're just excited about what God's gonna do. He's taken time away from marriage today to be with us. And so he's not here today because he's on sabbatical. He's now taking a little bit of a rest, but he's watching online. So can we just say thank you to Pastor Jimmy Evans for all he's done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we're very grateful. All right, we are beginning a new series today called Perfect or Perfected. And I'm going to explain uh, these words over the next four weeks to you, perfect or perfected, and I'll go into it a little bit more today because today we're gonna talk about perfectionism. Now what's great is that some of you are sitting beside someone who is suffering in this area but he or she doesn't know it, but you know it. <laughs> but I want you to listen for yourself as well, all right? 
Next week, by the way, we're gonna talk about stress. And these are things that God dealt with me about on, on my sabbatical. The word perfect is a buzzword today. I don't know if you've noticed that. You know, you say to someone, hey, what about Thursday for lunch? And they say, yeah, I could do Thursday, but I need to do an early lunch. You say, well, uh, how about 11.30? And they'll say, perfect. I feel like saying, well, I don't know whether it's gonna be a perfect lunch or not. And I think you're getting your expectations up too high. Uh, let's just say it'll be good, okay? Let's just go for that. But it's, it's, I have a friend of mine that when I'm talking to him and I'm explaining something, okay, so we'll, we're gonna have the meeting next Tuesday, perfect. And I say, and then and we're gonna talk about perfect, 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 perfect. Just everything I'm saying, he says perfect too, you know? And again, I'm thinking, I, I, I think you got too, too much, too high expectations for this meeting we're gonna have next Tuesday, you know? So, uh, but we all deal with this. And I thought about a, a practical example because just a while back I was mowing and I looked to make sure that I had everything mowed and uh, I'm still dealing with perfectionism in my own life. And I got to thinking, you know, I got to do this again next week. <laughs> so, but I, can, I thought about this because I thought about this message. Uh, years ago, I remember mowing the grass um, and then putting the mower up, and I, you have to pull the cars out of the garage at this time where I was, and I had to pull them out of the garage, put the mower in the back of the garage, put the weed eater up, put the edger up, uh, covered you know, in grass and sweat, go in, took a shower, about to go to dinner that night, walked back out, and missed one strip. <laughs> Just one small, very, I'm talking about small, three feet long strip. But I didn't want to get the thing, mower back out and all, you know, so, so I got some scissors. <laughs> I'm in my yard, on my knees, cutting my grass, you know. And I lived at that time in a cul-de-sac, and we were in the cul-de-sac, so our yard was triangular-shaped, you know. So the front yard, very small, backyard, very big. And um, my neighbor came out of the house and said, hey, if you want to borrow my mower for the backyard. <laughs> so we're going to talk about perfectionism today, okay? So three points for you. Here's number one. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Now, I'm not talking about Pastor Robert. This point isn't Pastor Robert's not perfect, even though Pastor Robert's not perfect. I put it in first person because when you remember these points, I want you to say, I'm not perfect. Not, you're not perfect. Pastor Robert, I want you to say, I'm. Everyone follow me? When I'm talking about I'm, I'm talking about you, okay? <laughs> and, and me, okay? As a matter of fact, turn to someone and say, out loud, I'm not perfect. <laughs> okay, now, of course, they, they're, they're thinking, I knew that. <clears throat> Here's the def definition from Merriam-Webster of perfect, being entirely without fault or defect. Being entirely without fault or defect. Now, in, every, in all of my messages, the whole message and then each point, I do explanation, I explain the point to you and I back it up with a scripture, then I do an application, I apply it to our lives, then I do an illustration. Explanation would be, basing the point on scripture. It has to be based on scripture. As I looked at this point, I thought, you know, 
I probably don't need 10 scriptures to prove that we're not perfect. I think we all, we all have that. Matter of fact, it's easy to say, but it's hard to live. But let me just give you one scripture, all right? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So most of you know this scripture, it's when, what we call the Roman road, how you can lead someone to Christ. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, and Romans 10.9. But um, this word sinned is the Greek word hamartano. Um, most Greek words, I've told you this part before, but I just wanna remind you of this if you don't remember. Most of the Greek words, the majority, over 50%, either have a sporting context or a military context. When the Bible says, take every thought captive, that word captive is a military context. When the Bible says, uh, let the peace of God rule in your heart, the word rule in the Greek has a sporting context. It means umpire. Let the, let the peace of God tell you whether it's safe or out for you. Let, let the peace of God umpire in your life, all right? This has a sporting context, this word hamartano. It means to miss the mark. And many of you might have looked this up in a, a Greek, uh, Strong's or something, you know, uh, a lexicon. But the, the thing I need you to know is the background of this miss the mark. It's archery. It's referring to archery. It's referring to an arrow that doesn't hit the bullseye. But I want you to think about this. It's the bullseye, not the target. So you've got this great big target with this bullseye. The arrow might be one or two inches off. It still hits the target but doesn't hit the center of the bullseye. That's what this word sin means. It doesn't mean debauchery. It means that you just barely missed the center of the bullseye. So I just want you to know, when the Bible says all have sinned, you'll hear some people say, well, yeah, I'm sure I've made a few mistakes. No, you haven't hit the center of the bullseye every time, every day, every second of every day. You've not been perfect. And so that's what this means. So perfectionism, you got to realize, is an, uh, um, an unreachable goal for humans. And here's the sad thing. We're still trying to reach it. And, and all it does is cause more stress, more anxiety, more, more worry. It, it just wears us out to try to be perfect. You can't do a perfect job. I can't preach a perfect sermon. I've tried. I, I, have, I used to preach six times a weekend. Three on Saturday night, three on Sunday morning. You'd think after six, you could get it straight. Uh, I can remember saying to Debbie, finally. I got in the car one time, I said, finally. I did it. She said, what'd you do? I said, I preached a perfect sermon. The last one, that was perfect. She went, mm. I was like, What? She said, well, you know, you're tired, Robert. You've done six, and sometimes your mind gets tired. And, you know, I said, well, I, it was perfect. She said, well, you said there were 10 disciples, and there were 12. You said 12 commandments, and there are 10. <laughs> you just got some things backward, you know? So I've never preached a perfect sermon. Uh, I, I admit, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm not in denial. I'm recovering. I can tell you, by the way, to us how to spot a perfectionist. Now, some of you are going to like this illustration. Some of you are not. Some of you, when I say it, you're going to say, well, 
I've said that, but I'm not a perfectionist. I know perfectly well I'm not a perfectionist. (laughs) Here's how you spot a perfectionist. He will tell you he's not a perfectionist. People who don't struggle as much in this area don't ever need to feel the need to tell you. But people who struggle, oh, it's so funny to watch your faces. Those of you online, you're just hiding from me right now, but God sees you. I I have struggled with this. I know I have my whole life. When the church was small, I preached a whole message one time, and my uh, collar was flipped up like this. The whole time. I went to the bathroom afterwards. I saw my collar. I thought, how did, you know, so I put it down. I came back out and I said to Debbie, was my collar flipped up the whole time? She said, the whole time. (laughs) I said, why didn't you tell me? Well, well, you were preaching. I didn't want to, you know. I thought, well, someone should have told me. I mean, the church was small back then. I mean, it was tiny. And by the way, even though we're larger, Tell me, I don't mind. I don't want to be in every country in the world on television with toilet paper hanging off my shoe, okay? (laughs) Just say, you got toilet paper hanging off your shoe, Pastor Robert, you know? I mean, we were so small, someone could have just shouted it out, you know, and I didn't even have to shout. I mean, it's like if you ever been on a small commuter flight, one of those really small ones, and the pilot comes on, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you feel like saying, just turn around and say, hey, y'all put your seatbelts on. We're right here, guy, you know? So that's the way we were. So now, by the way, in case you ever have that problem yourself, I have uh, brass collar stays. I didn't do it for this because I'm looking more youthy. See, Debbie's dressing me. Youthy. So I'm trying, all right? But, but if I get all dressed up for a wedding or something, I put my collar stays in. So just see, they're brass and you can find them online. Obviously, you can buy everything online now. All right, here's number two. Number one is I'm not perfect. Here's number two. He is perfect. He is perfect. Let me give you some scripture. Psalm 18, verse 30. As for God, his way is perfect without fault or defect. Uh, Psalm 19, 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. Here's uh, um, one specifically about Jesus. Hebrews 4, 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our, let me just put another word in here, imperfections, our weaknesses, our imperfections, our missing the mark, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without missing the mark, without ever missing the bullseye one time, without sin, same word, without ever missing the mark. He never missed the mark. Jesus never, ever missed the mark. He's perfect. So that's gonna be very important for the third point, okay? So I'm not perfect. He is perfect. But let me just give you a little bit more about his perfection. (laughs) The world examined him and couldn't find a defect. The leader of the world couldn't find a defect. You remember? Very famous statement. I find no fault in him. Who said that? Do you remember? Pilate. 
Do you know how many times he said it? So I always like to give you a little trivia. We were watching the trivia before the service on the monitor, and I got them all right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> he said it three times. Three times Pilate said it. Let me just read them to you because it's important. And these are all within a matter of few verses. John 18, 38. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Then just about, I think it's about six verses later, uh, chapter 19, verse four, Pilate then went out again and said to them, behold, I'm bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. And then two verses after that, verse six, therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out saying, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, you take him and crucify him for I find no fault in him. That's our savior, <laughs> no fault. Again, I told you I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I had hundreds of illustrations for this message I had to toss out. I uh, just didn't have time to go through all of my imperfections with you about being perfection. Uh, and so, but let me tell you something happened this summer. So Debbie and I drove up to Jackson Hole. Hey, everyone at Jackson Hole. And uh, we spent uh, 10 days, 14 days there, something like that. Went to church up there, had a great time. Drove my truck up, you know. So, but we're going along the highway and we've got the automatic air conditioning where you can just settle on whatever temperature you want, you know. So hers was set on 71, mine was set on 72. And she just happened to notice this. I just reached over and turned mine from 72 down to 70. And she, she just, just noticed it and thought, well, he was on 72 and, you know, mine's on 71, he went to 70, you know. Well, about 10 minutes later, I reached back and I turned it back to 72. 10, 15 minutes after that, I turned it back to 70. Now, some of you are ahead of me on this illustration. Now you're finding out how deep my problems actually go. And so she said to me, what are you, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm adjusting there. Yeah, but you keep going between 70 and 72. I said, well, 72 is too warm and 70 is too cool. <laughs> Are y'all getting it? And some of you understand. How many of you understand why? Okay, yes, thank you. So she said to me, you do know that there's a number between 70 and 72. And I said, yes. She puts it on 71. I put it back. She said, just put it on 71. I said, I, I can't put it on 71, sugar. She said, why can't you put it on 71? It's an odd number. I said, it's an odd number. Here's what she said. Who says it's an odd number? <laughs> the whole mathematic community says it's an odd number. It's an odd number. I said, sugar, I can't, it's odd. Here's what she said, you're odd. <laughs> okay. So I'm not perfect. 
He is perfect. Here's number three. I am perfected. So are you as a believer in Jesus. Uh, this one's, this is where I wanted to get to. This is the meat of the message. This is the revelation that's gonna take you deeper in your walk with God. We are perfected by grace. Perfect in the Father's sight without fault or defect by grace. It's the only way you can get there. So I'm gonna show you a scripture that I would think it would be in the high 90s of people that don't have revelation about this scripture, high 90 percentile. Because if you don't read all of scripture through the eyes of grace, the lens of grace, you'll never understand the Bible. It all has to be, Old Testament too, it all has to be read through the lens of grace because God didn't change from Old to New Testament. So I'm gonna show you a scripture that's from one of the, the most famous sermon that Jesus preached that we have, Sermon on the Mount. And it may have thrown you for a curve before this scripture. Uh, Matthew 5.48 says, Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. You ever read that scripture? <laughs> you ever thought, I can't do that one. I'm gonna have to go in chapter six. <laughs> and Jesus not only says, I want you to be perfect. Then he has to throw on top of that, just like your father is in heaven, just like God is. I mean, not just perfect for a human. I want you to be perfect like God is. There's no way to understand that except through grace. So I'm gonna read it again, but I've underlined a couple of other words so you, we can understand it. Same verse, verse 48. Therefore, you shall be perfect. You shall be just as your father in heaven, you shall be. That's future tense. You're not now, but you shall be. You're not now, you're nowhere even close now. But once I do for you on the cross what I'm going to do, you will be perfect and complete in the eyes of my father, lacking nothing. You shall be perfect in the sight of my father. Once I finish what I'm gonna do. Now this, this word perfect, uh, you know, I love Greek. <laughs> um, it's teleos and it's an adjective. So it's describing a noun, which is you, you're the person. But here's what it means. And you can even see it in some other versions of the Bible. It means complete. You shall be complete. Complete, finished. Sometimes it's translated actually finished. Sometimes it's translated complete. You shall be complete. Now I want you to think about this. You will be complete once I complete you. You're, you're going to be, you're not now, but you're going to be complete. And the other word is finished. Finished. Let me show you where the verb, this is the adjective, where the verb is in the Greek of this word, which is teleo, teleos, teleo, okay? I know, I know you, make sure you write that down correctly, okay? But this is the verb, so this is the action when it happens. John 19, 30, so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is complete. 
It is finished. This is the same word that we just read in Matthew 5 that translated perfect. The work that I just did on this cross is perfect. And then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It's done. It's finished. I've done the work now. I was describing how you would be once I did the work, but now I've done it. Are y'all following me? Because of what Jesus did for us, we have been perfected, made complete. Now, I'm gonna shock you a little with this next part. Jesus, even though he was perfect, was also made complete. In other words, the work which he had done, which he referenced many times, I'm here to do the work of my father. And then he kept telling the disciples, here's how I'm going to do it. And I haven't done it yet. And they kept rebuking him for it. He said, because see, in order to do the complete work of my father, I've got to be delivered to the chief priests and scribes and I've got to be crucified and I've got to be buried and then I'll rise again on the third day. And they kept saying, no, far be it from you, Lord. But I'm going to show you a lot of scripture now. Just, I'm just going to read through a list of them and show you where this Greek word about being made complete, made perfect, is in the Bible, all right? And then you can go back and, and look at them. By the way, uh, Colossians 2.10 says, and you are complete in him. The same word, you are perfect in him. But watch this where Jesus says, I'm going to be made complete. I'm going to be perfected. Uh, by the way, to give you a little context, the verse right before this is they said to him, you know, Herod's going to try to kill you. Herod wants to kill you. And just to show you how scared Jesus was, this is what he says, Luke 13, verse 32. And he said to them, well, go tell that fox. <laughs> so he wasn't really worried about Herod. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures. Watch, watch the reference here to the three days. Today and tomorrow and the third day, I shall be perfected. See, when he said you shall be perfect, the reason you're not now is because I haven't been perfected. In other words, I haven't done the complete work yet. Once I do the complete work, you'll be complete. So now he's saying I shall be, future tense, on the third day, perfected. Hebrews 5, 9, and having been perfected, that's Jesus, made complete, finished his complete work. He became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. John 17, 23, this is his prayer in the garden. He's praying for us to be one. I in them and you and me, that they may be made perfect. Same Greek word, made perfect. Well, it's actually the, the past tense when we get into this of the word, but it's teleo ah, but I didn't know if I need to go into all those details. But Hebrews 12, 23, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all. Now watch this, to the spirits of just men made perfect perfect. Your spirit has been made perfect by what Jesus did. Galatians 3.3, are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, now the whole context here is grace and law, so having begun by grace, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? In other words, by your own work. Hebrews 10.1, for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, watch this, make those who approach perfect. Now, that make perfect is the same Greek word. It's separated in the sentence, but he's saying that the law can never, 
Those who approach can never be teleoah, made perfect. Now, I know that I've, I've kind of entered into like a Bible college class with you. But I know also that your spirit is fed by the word of God. So just stay with me. Because if you catch this, you can stop trying to be perfect. When you catch, you've already been perfected. You've already been made perfect in the sight of God. Uh, Hebrews 7, 28. For the law appoints as high priests men, let's say it this way, who are not perfect. Men who have people who have weaknesses. But the word of the oath, the oath refers to the new covenant which came after the law, appoints the son who has been perfected forever. Completed. And then one more verse, and this is where it brings in how we're still imperfect, but we've been perfected. Hebrews 10, 14, for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Let me give you a little uh, version of that. He has made perfect those who are still imperfect. (laughs) Those who just aren't perfect yet, which is all of us, he's already made us perfect in the sight of God. I'm telling you, when this dawns on you, and we're gonna go deeper and deeper over the next few weeks, when it dawns on you that what Christ did on the cross is complete, then you don't have to strive to be perfect anymore because he's already perfected you. I'm not perfect by my performance, but I am perfect in my position before God because the perfect one perfected me. Another way to say it is, I'm not perfect in my behavior, but my belief puts me in a perfect relationship with God. My belief in Christ. Um, <clears throat> again, I'm, I still struggle. We all struggle in this area, I think. And so I was talking with a counselor that helps me work through some things and I was just so frustrated that at my age, I still have weaknesses and imperfections. And I know we all say, well, I know I'm not gonna be perfect, but you know how it is, you get frustrated. You think, okay, by now I should be over this, you know? So I'm telling this counselor, I'm, you know, I'm going through it, and I'm just, you know, and, and you know, he's listening. And in a minute, he said to me, Robert, you are really good at giving grace to others but you are lousy at giving grace to yourself. You are really good. I'm saying it again because I want some of you to hear this from the Holy Spirit. You're really good at giving grace to others, but you are, some of you are lousy at giving grace to yourself. And what I'm hoping through this message is that you'll receive God's grace and you'll quit being so hard on yourself and striving for something you can never attain through your behavior, but you've already attained it through your belief because the perfect one has perfected you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and just, I I knew when I prepared the message, I'm, I'm, and saw the list of scriptures, I felt like the Lord wanted me to share that it's a lot of scripture, but
But I also know that you're very, very mature believers. And you love scripture, and I know scripture is what changes us. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they're spirit and they're life. So when we receive the truth of God's word, that's the only way it's going to change is going to happen in our hearts. And some people have been wrestling with this for years. Wrestling with condemnation, wrestling with shame, wrestling with guilt, trying to reach an unreachable goal. And I'm praying that through this message, you'll understand, I, want to, I just want to give myself grace. I want to receive the grace of God. And, and I'd like to just, every head bowed, every eye closed, every campus, people at home even, I'd like to be even at home, just to close your eyes for a minute. Don't be embarrassed if you're in a living room or whatever. If you're, obviously, if you're driving, you know, I understand. But just, just take a minute. But just, I just wonder... How many of you would just say, Pastor Robert, I, I need <laughs> to give myself grace in this area. Would you just put your hand up? Just put it way up high. That's me. I mean, I, this message is for me. Thank you. God bless you. That's near most hands. I just want you to just let this truth soak in this week. And you're just saying, I, I receive it. I receive God's grace. And if you're here or if you're watching and you never received Jesus as your Savior, you can do that right now. Right now. By understanding that he lived a perfect life, he died a perfect death, he paid for your sins on the cross, he rose on the third day, he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he is the Son of God, and the work that he did on the cross is perfect. It's complete. It's finished. You just receive it by faith. And you can receive right now. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I believe. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe you're the Son of God, and I receive you into my life. And we want to help you. And you're going to find out in a moment how you can text us, and we'll get in touch with you and give you any material that we can to help you. So let me pray for you. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for the perfect, complete, finished work of Christ on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that yes, we can strive to do better. We can uh, grow in our Christian walk and, and faith. Yes, Lord, I'm not saying that we don't um, pursue good works. But we don't do it to try to gain your favor because we gain your favor through believing in Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that this truth will become deeply rooted in all of our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.